Habari Entertainment proudly presents Habari Live. Habari Live. From Phoenix, Arizona. And you're listening to the Habari Live Podcast. The show that brings you news, sports, and entertainment for people who love HabariEntertainment.com. Here are your hosts, Aisha, Jimmy, and Damon Dipleen Ellison. Let's get it going. We are all the way live. Live. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Another episode of Bari Live where we keep you updated with the news, sports, and entertainment throughout the week. Like always, we are all the way live from Phoenix, Arizona. I mean, Paradise Valley in Phoenix, Arizona. Let's get it going. Y'all, what's up? Aisha, Jimmy, what's going on? What's up? What's up? Good morning. Let's get pumped. We got a a special guest today uh, coming in. We have an author, uh, Janelle Jones. Uh, she is the author of the book Shattered. Uh, she will be talking about her experience with the um, adoptive uh, system, uh, the adoption system. And, um, and she shares her firsthand experience uh, of undersupported foster and adopted parents. So let's go ahead and bring her in. How are you doing this morning? I'm good. How are you? Oh, we can't. Uh, we're doing great. We're doing awesome. Thank you for joining us. Go ahead, bring it on the max screen for us, bro. Yeah, so we were checking out your book and checking out everything uh, that you have uh, going on, and we think it's it's really excellent book. Uh, we wanted to uh, make sure that our fans get a chance to uh, talk to you about what you have going on and everything. So uh, tell us a little about a little bit about Shattered and uh, what you have learned about the foster system, and um, and what was your inspiration behind writing the book? So Shattered is a book um, that I wrote. Um, It's really the tale of the adoption with my youngest child, Mercy. Um, And it's, it was written because I really felt that her story needed to be told. Um, I recognize that I'm not the only parent that deals with traumatic experiences with the foster care system and these children, they go through a lot, but I feel that they're not advocated for because nobody is willing to, to tell the tales and to tell what really is going on in our systems. True. That is very, very true. And um, so with your firsthand experience, tell us a little bit about what you learned uh, so far in the, about the foster care system and what are some of the pitfalls that you that you have come across yourself uh, by trying to adopt? Well, I've learned that it's not unicorns and rainbows. Um, Mercy is my second adopted child. Uh And um, so I'm not new to the situation. Um, My, my other adopted child, he's one year older than her and I've had him since he was three days old. So the story was different because he was a family member's child. Mercy came to us when she was eight years old. And it was really one of those situations that we know that children don't get adopted when they're older. And we definitely know that African-American children don't end up in two-parent households when they're older. And so I met this little girl and I fell in love with her um, at church. And so 
we thought that we would bring her home and, you know, we would give her love and dresses and bows in her hair and we were going to live happily ever after. Right. But that wasn't the case. Wow. That's, I mean, it's, it's sad, but at the same time, you, you, you learn so much and you experience so much. So you were able to, to uh, adopt another kid, right. And, and get that going and, um, and, and, Make that kid. So I want to ask something a little personal. Do you have your your own kids of your own? Yes, I have seven. So wow. I'm not a I'm not a new parent. Um, I and you know I own a couple childcare centers. You know, and um, one in Phoenix and one in Mesa, Arizona. Um, so I'm used to children. You know, so I'm not I'm not a parent that doesn't understand children. I right. I love children. I mean, it's, it's so awesome that you dedicated your life to children. I mean, seven kids nowadays is unheard of, definitely. Um, but th that shows your dedication to children. And, and what, what brought that about in your life? What was it that, that made you say, hey, you know, I love kids. I want to have more. I want to have a big family. Were you brought up in a big family of your own? I have a brother and a sister, but I only gave birth to three. So I'm definitely okay. a person that um, takes on other. Um, my, I have my oldest, um, who um, is my bonus daughter. Okay. Um, and then I gave birth to my three. And then um, my nephew, I consider my own because we've raised him. And then we adopted the, young, the youngest two. So um, definitely a tribe family. You know, I am a, I am a product of people taking care of me. So it, in my, in my life, I was raised by a single mom and, wow. you know, there's a few people that I can think of in my life that were inspirational and in making me the person that I am. And so that's what I've always wanted to be. I've always wanted to be somebody that was impactful. I didn't know at the time it was going to be with children the way it right. is, but I've always believed that we need to give back, you know, we need to help somebody else up. Man, that is, it is so true. I want to give you a round of applause because it's so amazing. Uh, I mean, just the dedication, you know, everybody can't do it, but you know, just you, you have childcare centers, uh, you're adopting, you're making a difference out here. And that's why we wanted to bring you on because that's, it's so amazing. And um, I think that the book tell the story and, and let everybody know how amazing you are and how, what amazing person, what you're doing. And it's even greater that you're out here and you're from Phoenix, you know, and, and that's that's really amazing. And you're making a difference in the city. And uh, you were born and raised here, right? Yes, I'm a native. Wow. So, I mean, that's another round of applause. So, so as a biological adoptive and foster mother, tell a little bit about the, some of the experiences that uh, shaped your ideas of uh, motherhood. You know, I think my identity and motherhood um, was shaped from my mother. You know, I, I have an amazing mother who, um, who raised me as a single mom and she really did the best that she could do with the resources she had. Mm -hmm. And my mom always, she worked all the time to make sure we had everything we needed. Wow. And so um, my mom taught me to give you know, my mom is a giver and I'm a giver. Um, and watching her journey, um, watching her not always have what she needed, mm -hmm. but finding resources for us to make sure we could get what we needed. Right. Um, she taught me, you know, to look around and, and seek help. Man, 
that's amazing. I mean, we want to give it up to the single mothers out there because I was raised by a single mother too. I know how hard it is. Um, it's it's tough, you know, trying to raise kids alone and uh, the financial um, responsibilities alone is is amazing that that people can make it and do what they have to do to to make it through those situations, man. So it's really a, a big deal about that. So um, so you have uh, private discussions that you that you do out here and, and in Phoenix and everything. Can you talk talk a little bit about that and uh, let the people know about you know maybe the next one you may have. So Phoenix has, um, we have a big foster um, and adoptive care community. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we're experiencing, um, you know, not all stories are like mine, but we okay. do have a lot of trauma in the system. So yeah. there are um, discussions that I have with other foster care and adoptive care parents. Um, and we discuss these things. We discuss what's really going on. And, you know, we've learned to be a resource to each other. So, um, you know, we have something in Arizona called Jacob's Law. And Jacob's Law um, helps us because oftentimes in the system, things aren't fair and you need help or um, the hospitals aren't supportive. And, when you're bringing a child in with mental issues um, from trauma that they faced, mm-hmm. you know, it can be a very scary road. And at times they'll threaten you, you know, if you don't take your child back, we're going to call the police. We're going to call DCS. We're going to take these children away. And so um, there's a community um, that's based on um, ASA now, which is based on Jacob's law and providing protection. So a lot of, um, the parents we have discussions and we talk and we support each other mm-hmm. i mean that's amazing because i mean you that's what that's what's needed the support is needed people need people to talk to like, it takes a village um it seems like a lot of people are trying to you know get out of that mode but we need to get more in that mode and i'm like i love that you are a leader you know leading that telling people that they need to talk to someone and discuss these things because sometimes you need help it's it's hard out here alone and you want to talk to someone and discuss some things and and maybe you know learn something to help you to get through what you might be going through if you're just fostering or you're just a biological parent you know so um let us know how to integrate adoptive children into your existing family structure and and talk about a little bit how uh, some of the uh, ups and downs of trying to uh adapt to having uh biological children and um foster children? You know, one thing I want to say is that, um, so Shattered isn't, uh, it isn't all, it isn't a very warm, fuzzy read, you know, Um, and, but in saying that, you know, it's a, it's an honest read, you know, it's, it's a lot of honesty, what, what can happen in the system. Um, And I wrote the book to be an not to discourage, um, but really to have conversations about what happens in our in our adoptive and foster care systems. Right, right. And so, the integration, you know, of the children into our family structure, it has to start when the children first come in. And so, one of the things about the book, there's a lot of information that was hidden to us about my daughter, and. A lot of vital information. So if you're going to bring a child in with um, 
past sexual abuse or severe trauma, and you're bringing them around typical children, your own children, you need to know these things so you can provide protections. And that's, you know, one of the things about integration. We have to have honest discussions about these children coming into our homes in order to be able to keep them safe and to keep our children safe. Wow. Yeah, man. I mean, that's really, really important. I think, I mean, just really understanding that, that you, when you're taking on this extra kid, that you have to take up different uh, types of educations to make sure that you're getting your kid in the, this kid in the right situations to, for they can uh, succeed. You don't just, you just don't want to bring them into an environment that they may not be able to succeed in. So I understand exactly um, what, what, what's needed, but um, what you're saying, but I think is it is definitely needed the education to get more people to, to open up and, and learn these things because some people think it's, it's easy. And, and also, you know, just more people should adopt, especially black people. We need to adopt. We need to help out because there's so many of us that get left behind and, and uh, people want to get upset when they when, when we're adopted by people of other races. Can't get upset if you're not out there doing anything to make a difference. Uh, you know, get out there and do something. You know, ad- adopt. Yep. You know, yes. I was reading this uh, statistic the other day that was saying that uh, young black men uh-huh. are the ones that typically do not get adopted yeah. most of the time. Yeah, man. And I was like, well, well why is that? Well, we... We, we know why. Mm-hmm. We know why. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a tough one. It is, but we should also be willing to say something. What are you going to say, Janelle? I'm sorry. They, we don't. Um, you know, a lot of our children, men and, you know, the boys and the girls, they mm-hmm. don't get adopted. Right. You know, it, it's very unfortunate. But one of the things that, you know, we have to have a discussion about um, in this community and, and something we need more people involved in is what about what they're subjected to in our system? Mm-hmm. So it's one thing to take a child away from their family for whatever reason. You know, we can all agree that that's traumatic. Right. But the problem, which a lot of people don't understand, is they're being abused in the system. And so then they're coming into our home with with extensive trauma and so we're often not told of the trauma and then we're not given adequate resources to help these children get through the trauma and those are things that we really have to have discussions about Mm -hmm. because we may not realize it or we may think that you know i don't have to think about that problem but eventually those children we're going to encounter them and we're encountering you know um people with a lot of abuse and it it's not always good. You know, um, the system likes to avoid. Um, I don't know if people realize that one of the things they do to our children is when they can't find them foster homes or um, residential treatment facilities because they have mental issues, mm-hmm. they house them in juvenile detention. Sure. So our children are being housed in juvie when they really need medical, medical treatment. Right. And then when they turn 18, they're given an apartment and a very short time out, and then they're on the streets. And these are discussions we need to have. Definitely. Very important discussions because it's, it's leaving kids behind. I mean, we, we talk about, I talk about all the time, 
the the special the special needs kids, the environment and the umbrella that they're given in high school, and then after they graduate, they just people everybody they're just gone. No one's there for them anymore. They don't have the umbrella and protection anymore. So these foster kids, they don't have their parents anymore. So we should be giving them a bigger umbrella to help them to to make sure they can guide through this world. We're putting them in pretty much facilities that's that's like juvenile detention homes, like you said. They're they're going into these foster homes. They having to fight. You know, m- most of the kids are violent. You know, we 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 have to change this. We have to put more. We have too much money as Americans and as as a country to not put money into the kids and the kids' future. These kids should be somewhere going into a great education and and helping these kids get educated and should be great schools, but we 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 we're not giving the focus that's needed. Right. So, what do you think, Janelle, can help the system change to become better for for these kids and uh, for kids can have a a better outcome? You know. I would say that the whole system needs to be revamped, you know, on, on so many levels. Um, my daughter, Mercy, came to me when she was eight years old. She went into the system at three, but from three to eight, she had 21 placements. Wow. So we're talking about um, education. She had no educational foundation when she got into our home. Right. Um, she never had anybody to teach her basics, you know, um, you take for granted that, you know, children should be able to bathe themselves and know how to brush their teeth or, you know, use a washcloth. But when you're in 21 different homes, who really takes the time to do that? Um, and I feel that like my child, because she's very strong willed, um, she wasn't liked to be honest with you, to, to just call it out. She wasn't like, she can be very stubborn and very strong-willed, which could be something that a lot of our children are viewed in those lights. Mm -hmm. And so things have to change. Like, why do these children have so many placements? One of, um, I talk about it in the book, but one of her foster care placements, they beat her with her and her twin brother with a high heel shoe and left holes in them. To my knowledge, nothing has still happened to this woman. She still hasn't been held accountable. Um, But because nobody is advocating for these children, nobody's discussing it. And, you know, why don't we discuss it? We don't discuss it because these children can't just tell their stories themselves. So it's hidden in the dark, right? So until we have honest discussions, why are these children being put in so many placements? Why are these children allowed to be abused in our system? Um, why? My daughter also has, um, she has an IEP. She's she's special needs, but when right. she came to me, nobody told me this information. So it took, I probably wasted a full year trying to figure wow. out what was going on academically with her. Um, and her mental health issues were also hidden. So even as you know as much as i want parents to come into our system and to help Mm -hmm. i also want to help parents and protect parents that say when we do this when we're we're going into the system 
it needs to be revamped and we also have to be protected. Mm-hmm. But the children need protected protection, the, the parents need protection, and especially our minority children need protection in this system. I 100% agree. I mean, this is definitely something that needs to be done. I mean, we've we've seen too much. I think one thing uh, that that could be changed is, is the vetting sense of some of some of these foster parents. Definitely, that's um, what I was gonna say. Um, the way that you've been in, you was in foster foster care. So talk about a little bit uh, about I, your experience. I can't tell you how many placements I've had, but from the ones that I do remember. Mm-hmm. From age five to age nine, those placements were not all that great. Right. There was an Amish family. We were homeschooled. We literally were had to go out and do chores and like milking goats and churning butter right, and right. stuff like that. And and every stop is a different every, culture. Every and stop a, is and a different you know, culture. You know, the culture shock every time. So every, you're not really learning anything. style of parenting is totally different right. in every placement. Um, the last placement that I remember before we ended up at my sister's grandmother's house was, uh, her, her name was Miss Jenkins and, you know, she was overall nice, you know, um, she was overall nice lady, but I didn't really account for, care for the parenting style as far as, um, punishments and things like that. Um, there was this one night, um, one of the other foster children got up in the middle of the night, went into the into the kitchen and ate dinner that, you know, was put away for her husband. She assumed that the new kids that just came in were the ones that did it. Mm-hmm. So we were made to stand in the kitchen in a square on one leg for the remainder of the night. Wow. I mean, so, this stuff, this type of stuff needs to be vetted. It, it does. Like for real. The, the type of parents that are going into the system, it's they need to have background checks done. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need to have, I, I'm sorry to say it, but mental health evaluations and, they, and parenting. They, also, they need to go through parenting classes. Right. They also need to, to talk to these kids more. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, you, leave, you, you take the kid to a foster parent's house and no one's contacting, asking the kid, Without the foster parent, how are things going? Right. What are things going on? And that's on what and, the guardian at Lightham is supposed to be there for. Right. They're supposed to be kind of like a mediator or the social worker mm-hmm. is supposed to be kind of like a mediator to kind of assist you with helping these kids. Okay. But well, a lot I mean, of the foster, I, we didn't have. I also understand that a lot of the foster parents aren't all bad because I was in foster care for about a year and a half. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And I lived with. Christian, like they're probably the, you know, what I'm saying they embrace me with open arms and yeah, you know what I mean. And to this day, I, I remember everything. I remember where they live and you mm-hmm. know what I mean. And like I said, they embrace me with like open arms. Yeah, like, man. I mean, yeah. it's got to be some some good and some bad. But you know, what what Janelle is 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 focusing on is is trying to to change some of these pitfalls and and right. we we're just uh, discussing what. These voiceless, you know, some of the voiceless people, you know, are the victims of, of adoption and um, and the care system. Mm-hmm. So, do you have any other books, Janelle, that you have out there? No, Shattered is is my first book, okay. and I will say to to follow up on what both of them were saying, there are wonderful foster and adoptive parents out mm-hmm. there. Okay, and yeah, um, 
And I know quite a few. Um, and there are some very bad ones. And I want to say like the guardian of items and even the DCS workers, you know, some of the problems are their caseloads are humongous. Yeah. They're huge. And they don't get that quality time with them. Another problem with the DCS caseworkers, and to be very honest, is they don't have a background in early childhood. A lot of them are fresh out of out of college. Um, they may not have children um, and they have huge caseloads. And these people are dealing with trauma. So going in and anytime you take a child out of the system, it's 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 traumatic. You know, we see some of the things on the news. But in that, you know, not only do the workers need to be supported, but but the families that are taking them in. I think sometimes, you know, foster parents may go in with good intentions, but we get burnt out very quickly, too, because we're we're in war zones sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. dealing with these children. But we don't have enough resources. A lot of the mental health that's offered for the children, it's not good. For lack of better words, it's not good. It's it's state subsidized insurance. Most of the time, the good psychologists aren't going to take it for very long. There's a very high turnover. You know, there's been times where my daughter couldn't even keep a good psychologist because they're constantly changing. As soon as they get a skill set, they're they're getting out and they're going to work for a different practice. And so it's it's just a lot that has to be done. And I even want to go as far as to say is that us foster parents, mm-hmm. we need therapy too when we're when we're done working with these children. Um, you know, the post-traumatic stress um, that I describe in the book for myself, you know, trying to care for my daughter, Mercy, it is, it's a feat. Yeah. And there's just not enough resources to protect anybody. You know, the the, the basic background checks they give us they're a little bit more than basic. They just don't, it's just not enough. It, right. It's, it's not enough. It's, I'm, I mean, I know it's tough because there's not a lot of foster parents out there. There's not a lot of people that stepping up. So you, you're in a situation where you don't have a lot of money to, to hire a lot of <clears throat> DCS workers. Mm-hmm. So that puts you in a pinch. And then you just have, you have so many kids in the system. And they're overworked. And like you said, it's it's hard. I knew a, a lady, Robin, that she worked for the system for a long time. I don't know if she still does, but she always talked about her workload and and, and, and the, the kids and how it's so hard to, to be able to help them because you only have a few minutes per kid. And uh, I remember her having so many folders and kids that she was working with. I'm like, I, you, you can't understand how they can figure out or help these kids with the amount of time that they have. And they don't pay them much. The pay is bad. Uh, they're, they're working them over, overloading them, and and they don't pay them anything. So you know, it's it's a tough situation, man. Um, and you think with what they're doing that we would pay them accordingly because these are these are our kids. Right. These are kids that have been left behind by by abusive parents or whatever the situation is. If you have, you know, they put in the money to take the kids. You got to have make sure they're in comfortable comfortable situation right so but i mean you know too like for parents who may be wanting to get into fostering mm-hmm. or becoming an adoptive parent it's expensive right it has to be more incentive for people it has to be more incentive because it's so expensive not everyone can afford it 
How did you deal with the with the economics of, of fostering? <laughs> you know, when you choose to foster a child, you're doing it for free, even when you're choosing to adopt. I mean, what you get is minimal. Um, and most of the time, you know, these children come to you holding most of the time garbage bags filled with their belongings. Their life is in a garbage bag. Um, most of the time the clothes are too small or they're not appropriate or they don't fit. And you're going to, I think you get like a $250 allowance to buy clothes. Well, I mean, you can't buy a whole wardrobe for that. And, you know, you, it's, it's a labor of love. And so, um, you just have to make it work. And I have never been the type of person that is going to let my child go without, um, whether, um, you're with me for a short time or a long time, I just make it work. If I have to take a collection plate up at church and say, Hey, I need donations. I got to buy this kid some clothes. That's what we have to do, you know, cause I don't want them to suffer. And, you know, the thing about our system is, you know, it's social services. And so it's just, we don't pay our teachers a lot and we definitely don't pay foster parents and um, people that work in the system a lot. But the problem I think we need to realize is it's all, we're going to have to pay eventually. You know, um, there are studies out right now, not enough, um, but I want to point out to our homeless epidemic in downtown Phoenix. Um, I've read that it could be as many as, as much as 40% of those people could be former or adoptive or foster care children. Because they they don't have a safety net. Yeah. So think about that. Look at, look at what we're dealing with. And one of the things, a very true story is my daughter has a sister who was housed in juvie. And so, um, as they let her out, um, the philosophy is when these children do commit a crime, that's when we'll deal with it. Mm. But, you know, if you think about it, what kind of crime is going to make them deal with it? It's not going to be shoplifting. It's right. going to be a serious crime. Right. So I'm just, I can be a little dramatic, but does that mean that we have to get hurt or killed by somebody who has mental health issues in order to deal with the problem? Yes. Why do we have to get hurt or killed? Like eventually this is coming to our doorstep. Mm-hmm. Um, these numbers are increasing. Mm-hmm. And so this is something we all have to be concerned about. Definitely. I agree. And, um, you know, we were, we were always, also I wanted to lastly to talk about some of the sibling separations that goes on in the foster and, and, and adoption system. And, and what do you think, we can do to lessen the frequency of this, of this happening in the system? You know, so I was reading that as many, the numbers, the research isn't exact, but it's somewhere between 50 and 85% of siblings get separated in foster care. And, you know, some of that is because of they don't have people and they need to separate it. But I mean, who comes up with this stuff? You know, I can understand, you know, like my daughter is from a family of 10. And so keeping 10 kids together, I know that would be a feat. But my daughter is a twin and they separated her from her twin brother. I mean, to think about that, like who would separate twins? These children have been together since before 
you know, birth. Right. And so they've already been ripped away from their family structure and now to now to separate twins. I'm mm-hmm. like, did the did this did the caseworker do this? Did a psychologist right. do this? Did a team do this? Like, this is just unimaginable. And we need to do something about it because it causes more trauma to these kids. My daughter loves her brother. Like the few times I've had them together, um, because I have fought to keep them together or to have a relationship, mm-hmm. they they finish each other's sentences. Right. You know, it's really sad that she would be separated from her her twin brother. And she's not the only one. Like things need to be put in place to protect these kids because the people that are making the decisions to separate siblings, to separate twins, I don't know what's wrong with them, but they can't think that this is a good idea because it's not humane at all. It's not. It's not. It's ridiculous. They should they should do as much as they can to keep the kids together. And I know I know Aisha, you've you know, uh me and you being close, I I know that you've lost uh, your brother until he was 18 to the system. Mm-hmm. And right now when he was three, three. So, and then you, you and didn't me. see him for 15 years. I didn't. And now your sister, I didn't even know where he was at until he was 11. Right. And then your sister, he, she was separated and she's at birth. We don't, you have no idea where she's at right and now. The last time I had contact with her, she was 13. Right. So and she just recently turned 18. And, uh, you know, the foster system, you know, it's it's tough, man. And it separates families and people and and it hits home for us because we you know, what I'm saying you you are you are part of my family. You 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 everything for us and you everything for me. So it's it's part of us. You know, what I mean, so it's a big deal, man. And, and losing your your family and people is, is crazy. But um, we, we got to do better, man. We have to figure out a way to do better and, uh, and make the system better and work better for everyone. And, uh, bring families back together. Most definitely. Uh, yep, yep, yep. It's it's important, man. Um, that's why you know I do everything I can to help my my people, no matter I, what I can do. You know, I, I might not be rich, but I try to do everything I can to help who I can. Mm-hmm. That's just how I'm built. Um, and it looks like the way you're built too, Janelle. And we we really really appreciate you coming on talking about your book, Shattered. Can you tell us um, where to buy the book? And um, a little bit about um, your future and your future plans and um, and where we'll be able to see you maybe in, the, in a little while in Phoenix. So the book is available on my website, which is JanelleJones.com. Um, it also, May 15th, it will be on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. But um, right now you can order it through the website. It's pre-sale, but just... Um, just a little um, bonus. If you order it, I go ahead and ship it. So um, you can have it now. Um, I am available. I'm reachable. Um, so I've been doing a lot of podcasts. Um, and so um, I've had some requests for speaking engagements. So we will be doing that. My website um, lists all the activities. And so my future is, you know, the whatever path God puts me on. So um, I want to tell Mercy's story Um, and it's the book isn't the read everybody expects it to be. It's not nice. It's just very honest. I, I put, I feel that I tell my mistakes Mm -hmm. um, and I tell what this does to families. And so people I feel really need to understand what goes on in a family. Um, 
in order to make a change. You know, it ha- we in order to be impactful, we have to have these discussions. That's real. That is real. We really, really appreciate you, Janelle. Um, we're going to go ahead and take a break. Uh, thanks for stopping by, Janelle. We're going to get back at you. We're going to buy a, a, a copy of your book. We, we're getting your order soon, order from us soon. So you'll be shipping one out to us soon. We're going to make sure we do that. Thank you. We'll be contacting you. Please have a good rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank appreciate you. you. Okay. Let's go to a quick break. Uh, we'll be right Abari Entertainment Films present There's Only One Name for News with Damon and Aisha. Abari Live Podcast. Abari Entertainment. A race against time. On a quest for glory. Habari News Weekly, HabariEntertainment.com. Catch us for more. Visit us, HabariEntertainment.com. Now, this week's Habari News Weekly with Damon Dipling Ellison. Sponsored by... Twitter. Yo! What's happening? Welcome back. We want to thank Janelle Jones again for stopping by and talking about our great book, Shattered, and the um, the system, the the foster care system. And it was a great discussion that we just had with her. And um, There's a ghost. There's a ghost. Nico said, amazing discussion. <laughs> <laughs> That's a ghost? Oh, because we never talk to him anymore. You're right. He don't. I was just telling him that the other day. We don't never see that dude anymore. But thanks for, ta- uh, to, uh, for watching, Nico. <laughs> What's up, G? Anyway, so we got um. Let's go into some news this morning. Um, I want to talk about Twitter and Elon Musk. He removed the the what was it? The verified blue status blue check mark for everyone. Uh, we saw um everyone. Yeah, Vinton lost his. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we lost everybody. Lost theirs. Javier, um, I think it was Javier Soto. Javier, yeah, yeah, man. Um. A lot of stars. Uh, LeBron, I think he said William Shatner and a couple other people that he left on there. He said he'll be personally paying for it. He's going to be paying for it. Yeah, something like that. LeBron said it. No. no. Uh, LeBron said he didn't want to pay for it. Most stars said they didn't want to pay for it. But but the thing is, is this, I mean, it's already causing a lot of confusion. You know, I think it was a police department or something said this is the official site of this department. Then another uh, Twitter was created and said, no, nah, this is the official site. So it's, it's going to be a lot of confusion. Impersonation. Impersonation. The, the, the verified status was that way because it, it kept people from impersonating others. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kept people that were verified. Um, instead of lessening the rules for verification, he should have been tightening them and, and giving more rules for verification because... Right now, it's so tough with with fake AI bots releasing fake AI bot videos and saying this is this person said right. this is so tricky out here with with I Photoshop think, uh, and everything else, man. Markanish was saying this morning that um the the requirements were uh, a debit card and a and an ID. Right. 
So I mean, that's that's you. That's not or enough, man. Like that. That's not enough. Nico said, "Hey, hey, hey! I will be back." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, Nico. I'm gonna hold my breath, though, homie. It's all good. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's it's. I don't know what Elon is doing. I think that uh, you know, Twitter, the like like they were calling the the elites or the elite users on Twitter. I think that they're, they're in very important part of Twitter and uh, journalism and journalists and uh, th- they're in very important part of keeping it built. He should have figured out another way to uh, to get revenue. I think this is a bad idea. You know, like they say, he does, he's, his cars are great, everything's great, but he does not know what he's doing with Twitter right now. He's, he's causing more issues than he's, he's fixing. fixing. And um, I just think that he needs to go a different direction on, on with this with this uh, Twitter blue thing. Definitely. Uh, I, I just been laughing at everybody that I've been seeing this week. It's just, Oh, I just noticed my blue check mark was gone. Yeah. They, they are gone. So yeah. it's weird, but uh, let's go to the next story here. We have a sad story, man. At a, um, a toddler was shot left at a fire station in critical condition. I, I just don't understand this stuff, man. We've seen the 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 statistics where where kids now that we've lessened the gun rules and laws, kids are being shot at an alarming rates. Uh, a toddler has been hospitalized after being found in critical condition from a gunshot wound in the Washington State Firehouse Friday morning, according to investigators, officers in Tukwila, Tukwila, I think it is, uh, Tukwila, Washington, responded to several nine one one callers for alert. Uh, town neighborhood in which a female could be heard screaming on the phone. Investigators said officers went to the vicinity of the fire station and saw a vehicle flee and a toddler who was wounded by a gunshot left behind. So they just throw out a kid and, and burn burn out. Wow. The unidentified child was in critical condition and rushed to the hospital. The status of the victim is unknown at this time, the police said in a statement on uh, Friday. So this is, man, it's terrible, man. And I mean, with so many kids are getting shot, man, because people are careless. And we think that it's okay for all these careless people to have guns. Right. Man, it's sad. Uh, let's move right. on to the next story, man. We got a Texas man indicted for alleged threat to kill uh, Max representative, U.S. Rep. Uh, Maxine Waters. Um, a lot of these crazies been doing this, man. They've been going after the the these people, man, uh, especially Democrats. We've had uh they what they went after Nancy Pelosi beat up her husband. Yeah, they're trying to kill her, and these people are losing it, man. They're losing it. You know, they're, they're not getting their they're way. They're losing it because they're like, they're watching Fox News, and Fox News is 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 feeding them trash. You seen they just had to come out of court and say that they was wrong about the uh. Mm. They had to, about uh, the voting, the, the settlement with the lawsuit. Yeah, they had to settle that they were lying, lying to about their Dominion. to their users about Dominion, about the voting. And these are the people who sitting around calling everybody else liars, everybody else fake news. But no, you're watching the fake news. You're the fake because they're lying, and they, they've been caught. They had to pay money because they were lying. And then these they're lying on news, telling people, getting these people pumped up about critical race theory and and uh transsexuals this is what they care about right now and adoption and not adoption uh, abortion 
in the abortion pill. Um, I think the justice made a decision with their. Did they send it back down to the lower courts? Yep, they sent it back down to the lower so, courts. So they man, did a, they did a stay on it. Nico so, said about the check mark. I agree that they have another way of making revenue, like Facebook and Instagram do. Right. There's got to be other ways then that he can make revenue. And he said, "Damon, keep holding that breath." <laughs> right. I'm, I'm I'm holding it, Nico. <laughs> so we got um. So it's uh, Brian Michael uh, Garrity, 60, was charged in an indictment with four counts of making threats in interstate communications and four counts of threatening a U.S. official. The U.S. Attorney Office in Los Angeles said in a statement, uh, Garrity was arrested on April 13th after prosecutors filed a criminal complaint alleging that he had threatened Waters after elected officials and a news reporter in Houston. Wow. And, uh, and other elected officials. So this guy has just been running around threatening everybody, man. And then, you know, you're 60 years old, man. You don't have something better to do. Goodness, bro. You're 60. Right. You're going around, man. These people, man. They crazy. Get a life, man. Go help out your grandpeople or some, your grandkids or something, dog. Uh, let's talk about a Minnesota officer who, were fated, who fatally shot Deontay Wright uh, to be freed. Um, I don't get it, man. It's just sad, man. Now, the, a white former police officer convicted the manslaughter after uh, mistaking her handgun for a taser and fatally shooting black motorist Dante Wright in a suburban Minnesota uh, in 2021 is set to be released from prison Monday. Minnesota Department of Corrections spokesperson Andy Scoopman announced Friday that uh, the former officer, Kim Potter, has been released after several, serving about 16 months of a two-year sentence. <laughs> he gave her two years. It's tough, man, because you know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, you know, they can just be like, oh, I made a mistake, and it's hard to give somebody 15, 20, 30, 40 years if you can't prove that it wasn't a mistake. Right. You know what I mean? And it's hard to prove if it wasn't or wasn't a mistake. In that situation, man, it's it's hard to prove, man. And so I don't know, man. They said the criminal investigation analysts are working closely with law enforcement to monitor the situation to ensure Kim Potter, like all incarcerated persons, is safe and she leaves our facility. Huh? With 2000, uh, this, it happened in April 2001 as uh, Derek Chauvin was on trial in Minnesota uh, for the George Floyd trial. Rice death sparked several days of uh, protest. Man, yeah, because it was, you know, it's everything's caught on camera now. I remember this one. Um, I remember that. And um, it was sad, man, you know, sad situation, man. We, the police seem like the police need better training to me. You know what I mean? They they need better training. They do. Uh, they, I mean, you, you don't know the difference between your gun and your, and your taser. You should know the difference between those things. Your training should, should have. They the should feel different. The weight should feel different. They do. They do. You know what I mean? And she wasn't even under a situation where her life was in threat and he was just trying to get away. Now, he was doing some dumb stuff, but at the same time, that's what he was doing. He wasn't threatening to kill you or anything. So right. for her to go for a gun so comfortably is just weird, man. On to the next one. We got a cloud seeding potential exists in Arizona per a new report. Now, there's some of these uh, crazy people we call this harp. You know, you, you ever heard of that? Mm -mm. 
that's the you know some of these conspiracy theorists they think that they be going around changing the weather with this harp junk they're crazy wow anyway i don't even like talking about them crazy people but anyway um cloud seeding though is real you know if there's a cloud that has um certain a certain structure they can be able to add certain seeds into that cloud to make that cloud rain but the cloud already have to exist they can't make the cloud you know right. i mean so but they can make the cloud rain um the process involves finding clouds under the right weather con weather conditions such as moisture temperature and direction of movement then silver iodide particles are launched into these clouds either from the ground or a plane and those will produce rain and so they're saying that uh, arizona might be a good spot to try it to try to get more rain even though we did get a lot of rain this year we still are in the drought right unbelievably and um they think this is the best way uh to approving the efficiency of clouds uh, the the Arizona Project Planner analyst um, Noli Templeton said the the cloud has so much moisture that is within the cloud, and what the silver iodide can do is mark those particulars, those particles a little bit heavier, so then they fall out of that cloud. The set, the strategy is several decades old and has been used frequently in other Western states. So it's kind of uh, like uh, these iodi iodized particles that they're putting into the sky mm -hmm. there is kind of like a uh, magnets for the rain pretty much i guess it's just making it so the droplets connect it's, to yeah it's it making the make moisture heavy heavier making it heavier and so, so it'll, the rain it'll drop out of the cloud okay you know what i'm saying just making more moisture pretty much into the cloud but it's it's pretty dope you know that's why i want to talk about it because that's and in science is 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 the most important factor to keeping us alive and keeping the human population thriving without science we're done we're not going to be able to wish our way out of this right we can't pray our way out of it we're going to have to come up with innovative ways to try to get uh the, us out of this drought uh we use so much resources from the colorado river it's not going to be able to sustain forever you know we talked about last week we were able to get some more um water from the natives to use off the river uh, for a lot of money mm -hmm. but we got to figure out different ways um, um to get water i know they're supposed to be doing the the, the salutations um stations in on the west coast with uh taking the with salt water out of desalination yeah these desalinate what did i call them i don't know whatever anyway desalination but yeah we we want to get those going man faster uh we now we got to figure out a, a quicker ways to get water going fast man or yeah. are we going to have some issues um people need to start taking it serious what do you have today um this week we are going to talk about uh cool pavements coming to more phoenix streets were they talking about using a different material to to make the um street uh sidewalks uh yeah um actually uh there's actually a a few neighborhoods that already have this cool pavement <clears throat> What's it made out, you say? Um, it says the Fairview Palace neighborhood um, will soon be getting the cool pavement again um, because the first time that it was laid, it didn't go the right way. Mm. Um, but more neighborhoods are going to start seeing uh, seeing it soon. The do Streets Transportation Department estimates that there will be 100 miles of cool pavement in 11 neighborhoods across the city by mid-June. 
So what they're doing is they're using a different um, mixture for the asphalt mm. that makes the uh, roads 10 to 12 degrees cooler. Mm. So it's still asphalt? It's still asphalt, but it's... It's cooler. It's cooler. I'm such an idiot. Yeah. Right. I'm not going to lie to you. What? I'm, so, I'm such an idiot. Earlier, she's, when she told me to get the picture, uh-huh. my dumb self, I thought she said pool pavement. Oh, my God. So uh, There's a picture of the pool, of a picture of a pool for like 30 seconds. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's because you don't be listening. You, you, I couldn't tell what you were saying. I said pool pavement, and you said, yeah. I said cool. <laughs> Cool. See, you that's see? hey. That's I don't know. That's why I made sure I said what I said to you a couple of times to make sure you understood. Cool pavement. Yeah. And I said it cool pavement like I, that several I, times. I, oh, I okay. I see it. I, it's a lot of people. A lot of countries have been using their plastics to go into the streets. Yeah, to they've been. Uh, yeah, and uh, and other other innovative it's ideas. The you know, it, last yeah, longer. and it and it lasts longer too. And it's a, a a good way of using the plastics instead so of I just think, throwing uh, them. If they use that that innovation with the plastics mm-hmm. mixed in with the cool pavement idea, mm-hmm. that will kind of make the roads a little bit cooler, I just, I just, but also last longer. Asphalt is based in oil. You know that. Yeah. Right. Plastic is oil, too. But it's already used. You know what I mean? It's already been used. So this is a recycled idea. You know, we can use less plastic, period, and go back to the old ways of using glass and aluminum for everything. But the plastic that is here, we have to do something to mm-hmm. it. So I'm like, pave the roads with it. You know, that's, right. to me, but whatever. Uh, let's go into sports, bro. Habari Sports. And NBA playoffs have been pretty good so far. Uh, the Suns, you know, we taking a, a, a lead, 2-1 two, two, lead. Uh, Kawhi Leonard's hurt, so we was able to take a stranglehold on the on the uh, series. Um, he's out, looked like he probably was going to be out for the rest of the series. So this this... Yo, we need to go ahead and wrap it up today. He's always getting hurt. Yeah, last couple of years hasn't been good for him, man. His his knees haven't been working out for him. Um, but that's that's the reason why San Antonio was was okay with going with getting rid of him. But you know, that's that's how it is. You know, I'm not I'm not gonna go the route of Stephen A. And he was talking trash about him, saying that um that he's the worst superstar ever because you know he's. I, I mean, I don't. You don't know how how bad this man knees are hurt. This man knees may be hurt for real. I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, it's it's tough because it's it's situations where you know what I'm saying he does Cedric's play well, games. right? <laughs> he does play well one game, and then the next game it seems like he out. But we don't know for sure, man. What's going on with this? This man could really have a degenerating knee problem, and he's trying his best to do what he can on it. I, I you know, I'm, I'm I feel sorry for the dude. You know what I'm saying? Because I think he want to be out there. I don't think he's just doing this just because he feels like it. I, I really don't. Um, I think him and Paul George, they just have been unhealthy. You know, I don't know if that's because of what they do or how they do things. I don't know. 
You know what I'm saying? It happens to a lot of players over the 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 years. There's been certain players who just are not healthy. You know what I'm saying? They just hurt all the time. You know, it's it happened in the nineties, it happened in it it happens. So I don't know why why everybody wanna act like it's like he's like choosing to be hurt. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, I'm out. You know he wants to win. You know, he just by the way he plays, you could tell he wants to win. But who knows, man? Um you know, Denver is smopping up the uh, Timberwolves. The Timberwolves suck. For real, dog. I, I, man, they suck, man. He, how did you take a step backwards from last year? You you would think they would go forward a little bit, man. They just, I don't understand that team, man. Uh, Big Cat, man, he just, I don't get it, man. He's been in the league for a while. These are the cats, to, to me, that they should be talking about Stephen A. Smith and them. But they just be like, I guess because Minnesota sucks. But dude is an all-star, man. And he should be he should be doing more. For real. Him and Anthony Edwards, man. Them cats, man. I, for man, dog, they've been in the league a while. Rudy Gobert, like you should be, man. You should be embarrassed, bro. Because dude, you can't get nothing done. Nothing. Team to team. He just sucks. Dog can't even make a hook shot, man. He should be killing them dudes. He down there seven four seven whatever man. Dog man, I don't, I don't get it man. Then he he's supposed to have been the thing that was gonna make the change for Minnesota. They still can't make it out the first round. Can't make can't win one game. He out there punching people. He need to look in the mirror and punch himself. Cause he need to. I don't get it man. Dude sucks. Straight up. I, I mean, for real, man. I don't. I really don't like the saying that NBA players suck, man, because they are really good. And he would smop me up, dunk all on my head. But compared to his peers, <laughs> he is trash, dog. Like, give me Kevin Looney over Rudy Gobert yeah, any any day. Straight up. The Nets are winning right now. Are they? I mean, up three points. But... The Nets have been playing hard, man. You know, I don't like the way they do things. I hate small ball. I hate that their center is like. 115 pounds, Claxton weighs Aisha's weight. Right. I'm and he, sure and he's, like, he like uh, seven foot. That's like me. <laughs> <laughs> and they got him out there like stopping B. Like, if you don't stop it, like, I don't understand what's going you on know, out here nowadays, man. It, but, you know, they have that. Get a real center. You know how they have that play now online stuff on the game or whatever? Uh-huh. Claxton be killing. I ain't going to. You remember how I used to do uh, JaVale McGee? Yeah, they're looking like prime JaVel McGee. <laughs> Claxon is okay player, but man, he's he, he too defensive, little. Defensive, defensive. He's too little. He can get a lot of blocks. He get blocks. He's off off the ball blocks. Jared Jaron Jackson, he he's good defensive. Yeah, oh yeah, Jaron Jackson's cool, but he's playing the power forward. Like, dude, yeah, that's got, what Claxon um, is. But he, since he can't they shoot, Tillman. they got Tillman at the five, don't they? Yeah, Tillman, Tillman hooped them boys up uh, last game. I hope he have another good game today. Let's go, Tillman. Let's go, Memphis. I'm going down. Let's go. I hope Morant plays. He probably Can I don't. Be honest with you? What? I think the Lakers are going to win tonight. You said the Lakers are going to win the series. I mean, but really tonight? Because I don't want to So you know how Mike got used to get pissed off and take stuff personal? LeBron is not Mike. Stop it. LeBron is going to take this game personal. And he finna go. Man. He should have took it personal when dude was all in his grill talking all that trash. Right. And now then he, LeBron kind of started the trash talking too. Now, now, now he took it to the 
to the uh, media. Uh, yeah, he took whatever. Because he was like, he had said something. I saw this TikTok, and it was like, uh, I would be, Dylan Brooks said something about, I want to guard up any LeBron, all LeBrons. And somebody had pictures of th- all three of LeBrons, the Cleveland, uh-huh. the early Cleveland, right, Miami, and Lakers. Mm-hmm. And he was like, these two right here, he did not care about his body then. He was just jumping over everybody and doing whatever he wanted. So now he's, you know what I'm saying, slowing down. He's, and man. everybody's talking about before this game, he finna uh, put on that extra strength icy hot. We will see, man. <laughs> he said he finna put on that extra strength icy hot for LeBron, this game. <laughs> LeBron is not LeBron of 10 years ago. So... That LeBron was actually like he was. You know what I mean? Uh, I, would, I would be like, worried. You remember he jumped over Jason Terry? I would be worried if it was. I, I, I don't want to talk about memories. We talking about right now. And, right uh, now, right he, now, Dylan Brooks was was kind of dealing dude up. And uh, if LeBron can't run you over, he has a problem getting around people. And uh, Memphis, you know, uh, with uh, that rookie uh, little dude. And with Brooks, they're bodying LeBron up. And uh LeBron, you know, if 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 like I said, if he can't bully you, he he really don't have too many moves. He's gonna get the ball up. Right. And uh Memphis has been good and doing really well of putting a body on LeBron. And you know, he'll bump into you, you know what I'm saying? If you can stand his little couple bumps without uh giving out, he gonna kick the ball out. Or he gonna do that little uh paint little fadeaway thing. <laughs> so you know, yeah, and, and nine times out of ten, he gonna miss that. I, I do not have any any faith in that shot because he he misses it most times. So if you can get him to do that, you know what I'm saying you you play some good D and 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 Dylan did that man most of the game. So if he does that again, uh, I can see them winning, man, um, for real. And don't let them get Ja back because they could not, they can't stop Ja. Russell don't play don't play, don't play defense. He don't <coughs> at all. And you're going to put Austin Reeves on him? Austin Reeves yeah. can shoot, though. That's what I would say, though. Man, Austin Reeves, man, he's cool, man. But he, be, he to me, he shoots too much uh, in situations where I think he should be giving the ball up to LeBron and, and, and AD. Oh, here, look and he just, come down, he just come down trying to shoot like, dog, if you don't stop it. But whatever. Um, I wanted to talk about uh, Atlanta. You know, they got a good win. The Warriors finally showed up. Uh, we had some terrible calls in that Philly game. Uh, last time, you hear but, what you hear what uh, Jay said. Uh, JJ Reddick said, "Well, he was like, you. He was like, I've never uh, complained about the rest, but the Sacramento versus this whole series, the rest been terrible. And they was they've been letting them boys go at it in Sacramento and uh, Golden State. They've been letting it get real physical, man. Um, they haven't called a lot, and uh, they definitely have been really, really physical. Um, so we will see what happens." But um, what else I got? We got um, the the Warriors. We got Philly today, the LA today. LA I lose, and we, we with the Suns. Hopefully, we can go ahead and get it three one. We can go ahead and end it out when we get back here, um, and do that. Westbrook All right, too. let's take a quick break, man. We'll come back with us, uh, Comic Big Corner. Bar Entertainment Films present There's Only One Name for News with Damon and Aisha. Habari Live Podcast. Habari Entertainment. 
a race against time. On a quest for glory. Mabari News Weekly, MabariEntertainment.com. Catch us for more. Visit us, MabariEntertainment.com. Welcome back. Welcome back. All right. So let's go ahead, I guess, and go to uh, to Comic Book Corner. Comic Book Corner, sponsored by Healthy Snacks. If so, head over to the www.habarientertainment.com and click on the Naked Nutrition banner to browse and uh, select your snacks from their variety. Uh, first purchases, I think it's 15% off. So go ahead and uh, do that. Go to habarientertainment.com and check out uh, Naked Nutrition. Uh, f- in comic books this week, we had the the finale on the um, Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably was the best episode of the of the season. It was the best episode. Yeah, of the yeah, season. yeah. Uh, the, it was the most action packed episode I've seen all season. Definitely, man. Um, dude, uh, Moff Gideon was tough, man. Yeah, they, he was. they they couldn't even take him out, you know, by uh, on them on their own. Um, new suits he came out with yeah man the the use of the the mandalorian tech and the armor was pretty dope um i thought it looked pretty goofy watching them fight grogu it 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 didn't they should have used more cgi than the puppet on that situation yeah it it just looked goofy um them that walking watching them fight that shit that it looked goofy but i thought that um it's about time he talks it's about time he gets a little bigger. Uh, I don't know. Something. You know what I mean? Well, I mean he's, he's, he's so little. little. I know. It's it's annoying. He's like 50, though. It's annoying. Do something, man. He needs to get bigger. Talk something, dog. Well, he's starting to talk. He's doing his little babbling. Nah, come now, on, man. We need something. So, I mean, you know, maybe know why... next season we'll get him actually talking. But, you know, I thought it was good. I thought the season overall was meh. And, uh, you know, it, it was okay. You know, I'm not going to uh, rate it, really, because I don't think, because I'm I'm probably going to give it a low. I'm six. You know what I mean? I'm going to say six out of ten, man. It, it was dope, but I thought it was just lackluster, you know. It was mm-hmm. just something missing about it, the direction. I think a, a lot of it was just filler. Yeah. I don't know, man. But the last episode did help it a lot. It was really, really good. Maybe we would have given even lower without that one. Uh, we got, we watched Teen Titans this week. Uh, we checked out that, you know, the first episode of the second half of the last season that they're going to air on this. Man, you know, you know what I'm saying? I've been watching this Teen Titans show for a while, man. And 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 I've been complaining about them not connecting um, the Doom Patrol and Cyborg with the Teen Titans. And, you know, listening, yeah, and listening to some people talk about that they're not on the same universe. Right. Is what I heard. DC, I I just don't get it. I mean, the things that you, you, you have a chance to put, hook up uh, Cyborg and, and, and Beast Boy and you don't do it. You have a chance to do Shazam, Black Adam, you don't do it. 
you know, you just everything that you would think are layups for easy entertainment, they they don't do it. It, it kind of almost felt like they did everything that they could to avoid doing that. <sighs> I don't get it, man. But now they want to do it. And now he's connected with Cyborg. And right. even though the Doom Patrol show is already over, now he's, he you know, the show had him going into the red, which is supposed to be his animal, like, I guess, like a, like a force, like Flash has mm-hmm. the speed force or... It's like an animal type red thing, whatever. And he had the uh, Freedom Beast dude and went there. And they 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 brought in a lot of characters, the Star Girl person. They they brought in uh, Barry from the W. They they're doing all this stuff, showing multiverses and stuff. At the end, right? You know, I, I don't. And it's like, are you gonna you gonna are you so gonna are bring these characters this, in? This, right. That's what I was just about to say. Are you are just gonna end this? This all as. Easter egg. That's what I hate about watching DC, man. That they're bringing it all to an end, and then everybody's gonna all be in the same universe. Everything that he showed, the next iteration of what they do. Everything that he that that was a flash, pretty much is canceled. Right. That's what I'm. That's what I'm talking about. Like, so are they gonna bring those characters in? Maybe if they revamp that whole universe. I don't know. I don't don't know what they're doing. He's saying they're start. They uh, James Gunn said they start on. They're starting all over. Yeah, so. so I don't know we'll what just the hell they're doing. They I don't do. know. It's like, what, why, why do this? Why show all this potential of what it could be, and then say it, and then end it? Right. You know, I just don't get it. It's it's just confusing. Man. But anyway, um, I think that's all I have today for uh for the comics uh, comic book corner. Uh, thank you for for watching that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we got? We got the hot mess. Let's go to the hot mess, bro. Get ready for the week's Hollywood hot mess with Aisha Rowan. Sponsored by nope. no one. All right, guys. So this week's hot mess is Tory Lanes. Mm. And the reason why I'm selecting Tory Lanes as the hot mess this week is because he has now hired uh, the infamous Casey Anthony lawyer mm. um, to fight or win his appeal. Yeah. You already lost, though. Maybe you probably should have did that at first. Exactly. And that's what Casey Anthony's former lawyer is saying, is that uh, um, he wished that Tory Lanez would have called him before he went to trial, mm-hmm. and he probably wouldn't have had to, he probably wouldn't have gotten a 22-year um, pr- prison sentence. Mm-hmm. Uh, the high-powered lawyer uh, told TMZ on Tuesday that he's ready to go all out for Tory Lanez. Right. Uh, stating that he's very confident that there were procedural errors made, um, partly because it was a high-profile trial. Right. And that there that will be the foundation of uh, Tory's appeal for the conviction. Mm-hmm. Um, so he he feels pretty good about winning the appeal. appeal. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it, you know, I never really spoke too much on this case because it's it's too much. Uh, I didn't pay attention to the trial. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of hearsay, and uh, you know, if the you know, it's hard to. I'm not doing what other people were doing and jumping on with Tory Lanez saying this girl was lying. I right. just, I'm not doing that. You know what I mean? Because I don't know. I wasn't there. I just can't do that. So um, the he was found <laughs> guilty. So it's not looking good for him. 
Um, but I mean, I, if there were procedural errors or any type of errors that could have gone, you know, within the trial, the prosecution, the defense, mm, you know, whatever that right. they're talking about these these procedural errors. Are. Well, they say that a lot. So you got you got to prove it. Right. So, so that's can, that's what that's what the next step is. Yeah, if he what can prove it, errors, I ain't prove it. But right. you know what I mean. But, but from where we'll, I'm looking. Will proving that there were procedural errors overturn the 22 year prison right. sentence? That's what I'm saying. He's not. It's not looking good. Right. And but that's like I say, man. We got to stop playing with these guns, regardless of what you get drunk, you get drinking. You got to stop playing with these guns, man. Leave them alone, bro. All right. You want to go to the game? Yeah. Let's go for it. All right. <laughs> that wasn't supposed to happen. Now that. <laughs> Let's get ready to play trivia for Loot. Sponsored by... Intro to Let's Play This Trivia for Loot, man. It's just going to be me and Jimmy today. Let's see how well we are in uh, reading. What you got, What you got, Jimmy? Let's see. All right. Question one is... What's the right way to make Kool-Aid? What? I could tell you. Is it A, water sugar Kool-Aid, B, sugar Kool-Aid water, what? or C, Kool-Aid sugar water? What? Yeah, I'm going to go with sugar Kool-Aid water B. And you're both wrong. It is what? Kool-Aid sugar and then water. Why would you put the what? Kool-Aid then the sugar? Wow. I know this one, I think. Next question. Where was the first example of paper money used? Is it A, China, B, Turkey, or C, Greece? Greece. I'm going with China. They invented paper. And I am right. All right. Which of the following languages Greek. has the longest alphabet? Is it A, Greek, B, Russian, or C, Arabic? Greek. I'm going to go with Arabic C. You're both wrong. It's Russian. Wow. Huh. That's crazy. All right. Which app has the most total users? Dang. A, TikTok, B, Snapchat, or C, Instagram? Mm. Instagram. I'm going to say TikTok. It's worldwide. But you're wrong. What? They do not have the most users. That would be Snapchat. C, Instagram. It's Instagram. What? You got it. You got one right. So do you. Uh-uh, I got two. You got one. Two. <laughs> you got one. What are you talking about? I do got two. No, you don't. You got one. You got two. Where did you get two? I got two, man. How? You only got the, uh, nah, because I ain't finna lose this game. <laughs> you did. I got, <laughs> nah, you already losing. Nah, nah. All right. Next, Next question. Nah, because he got the Kool-Aid one wrong. Then he got the second one right. Then he got the third one wrong. Because he said, he said, uh, the, uh, he didn't say Russian. He didn't say Russian. All right, let's go. Come on. You got All one. Right. It's All one right. to one. Don't do that. I've been counting. Whatever. It's two. <laughs> you got... Where is the rock? Where is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame located? 
Is it A, Cleveland, B, Philadelphia? Maybe it was just a premonition. Or C, Nashville. Nashville. I, I, it's I got in two. Cleveland, Ohio. It's in Nashville. It is in Cleveland, Ohio. It's in Nashville. <laughs> Tennessee. <laughs> Nashville. It says ABA anyway, okay? It does say ABA. Hey, look. Don't worry about that. Okay? You've done that a couple times. It's all good. <laughs> now you got to. <laughs> all right. In yeah. Adams. What carries positive energy? A, protons, B, proteins, or C, neurons? Protons. Oh, my goodness. I don't even remember this. I'm going to say neurons, even though I might be wrong. But it is A, protons. Protons. That's two, two, huh? That's two to two. Uh, uh. That's two to two. Go give me a round of applause. True or false? False. <laughs> False. <laughs> you must be married to foster or adopt children. False. false. Definitely false. False. That's three. But he already seen the answer though. Right. That's three three. All right. This next question is I know who this one what is. What player had yeah. the following stat line? Zero points, twenty-eight rebounds, ten offensive boards, and three assists. Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman. That man was not a scorer. Like that. Well. All right. We'll see if you guys one. know this one. Which country is known as the Emerald Isle? Is it A, France, B, Ireland, or C, Norway? I'm going to Ireland. Yeah, that sounds like it. it should be the right one. Green, Emerald, Ireland. I guess so, yeah. It is. B, Ireland. Uh-huh. Final question. True or false? Julius Caesar married Cleopatra. False. Uh, <laughs> true. It is true. There you go. It's in the movie. That I never watched. <laughs> they just isn't this. It was Cleopatra the person that they're making the movie. Jada Pinkett is making a movie about. Yes, it is. A lot of people are upset because they made a dark skin, especially the Egyptians. They're mm-hmm. not. They're not happy about that because they. Uh, they she was say supposed that, to be lighter skin. Yeah, they say she was lighter skin. But the main thing is that you know, um, old girl is uh, very. They said she was Greek Macedonian and she was mixed. She, you know, so who knows? And they said that was a Greek period of Egypt where the Greek had taken over and taken over uh, Egypt at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so who knows, man, uh-uh, what she Nico. looked like, man. He I don't. Same thing, water, Kool-Aid. Nah, first of all, you've spelled Kool-Aid wrong. He used a C. We don't use C's around here with Kool-Aid. <laughs> Second of all, Greece was wrong. And third of all, I don't know why he put that emoji. But anyway, yeah, I keep going. Spelling Kool-Aid wrong. <laughs> But yeah, so that's pretty cool. But uh, who we got next week? Uh, Next week we have, let's see. Next week is uh, Atlas Rapper. Oh, yeah. Um, It's uh, Lloyd Lloyd Hopkins' son, Mm -hmm. uh, Atlas Hopkins, right? Mm -hmm. 
we'll have him on. Uh, um, he's a, I think he's a journalist too. He's a journalist. Um, he's, he does a lot of different things, and he okay. does a lot of things around the uh, community. So we're gonna have Atlas Hopkins in the next week. That's gonna be dope. We can't wait to have him. Um, we appreciate everybody for watching. Thanks, Nico, uh, for stepping for watching for uh, once in every blue moon. Maybe we'll see you in the building one of these days. Maybe. But uh, <laughs> other than that, right on Aisha, right on Jimmy. Thanks for everybody for watching and peace out. Holla, holla. watching another episode of habari live make sure to subscribe to our youtube channel and get updates on news the podcast and more follow us on facebook and twitter and don't forget to visit www.habarientertainment.com see you next week peace